Our collective breath held for some new piece of bad news. I tell them nothing was exactly how it looked. Some days it seemed as if the drama we'd moved there hoping to avoid was, in some way we couldn't explain, what we were all waiting for. One thing that's easier about living in prison, the worst has already happened. Chapter 1 In the twelve years I've lived in the Connecticut Correctional Institute for Women, I've tried in vain to forget about the past and focus instead on the here and now, on contributions I can make to improve the quality of life for everyone in here. I am different than most of the other inmates, who have grown up in either juvenile detention centers or trailer parks they shared with rats that were, for some, more pleasant than their stepfathers. Scratch a female inmate, I've discovered, and you'll usually find a girl whose mother had terrible taste in men. I've also learned this much. I'm not better than any of these women, nor, for all my education and degrees, am I smarter. We've made the same mistakes, misjudged other people and ourselves. Officially, I am the prison librarian, a job for which I get paid 35 cents an hour. I solicit donations from publishers and local libraries, and in 12 years have transformed a bookshelf of 30 tattered paper books into a library of more than 600 titles, some delivered straight from the publisher. Books with pages so sharp and clean the girls have gotten paper cuts turning them. For the last six years, I've also served as an inmate representative on the Prison Welfare Committee. There I won Wanda her right to keep more than one nail polish in her cell so she could recreate her old days as New Haven's most popular manicurist, the life she had before she shot and killed the husband who'd been beating her for fourteen years. Wanda is my best friend here, and I believe her when she says she felt like she had no other choice. What's done is done, she says, and I'd like to get back to work. To a certain extent, she can. Not for money, of course, but she can ply her trade, as can I. Once upon a time, I was at the top of my class in the Yukon Library Science Program. I was the first hired and the fastest-rising assistant to the head librarian the Milfordtown Library had ever seen. Readership, circulation, and interlibrary loans all increased under my stewardship right up until the day I was arrested, after which, of course, I have no more figures. We were on the cusp of numbers that would win us more state funding. I wouldn't mind knowing what became of that, but I don't. The media dubbed me the librarian murderess. One newspaper described me as a Victorian volcano, as if being a librarian might still be a reflection of one's sexual mores, which of course is ridiculous and archaic thinking. We librarians like books. We also enjoy research. Above all, we like serving people, which is what defines librarians, not our myopia or our sexless hair buns. We believe that when books are present and learning is possible, all people benefit. In my time here, I've watched a 23-year-old woman learn to read to keep up with her daughter in the first grade on the outside, I've watched another go from reading only the worst of our most popular titles, the blood-soaked crime novels the women here have a bottomless appetite for, to other genres, a collection of short stories, a biography of a tennis pro. Small satisfactions, but real ones nevertheless. Sometimes I believe I've made a larger difference here than I could have at my old job, where, let's be honest, the illiterate didn't often walk through the door. But a recent flurry of attention surrounding my life here has been a little unnerving. Some years ago, 
following a Phil Donahue show featuring inmates freed after new DNA testing proved them innocent. I had twenty women stop by my library looking for stationery and ballpoint pens. I'll admit that I got caught up by the episode, too. The shaggy-haired blonde man looked in the camera, one prominent front tooth missing, and said, Freedom is the sweetest drink I've ever tasted. He'd served twenty-six years in prison for a rape he didn't commit, against a woman he'd never met. For the women who came in, I started an impromptu seminar on formal letter-writing. Don't end every sentence with an exclamation point, I told them. Don't dot your eyes with little hearts. For me, the pleasure was watching women who'd written nothing for years pick up a pen and compose sentences on paper. Yes, I thought, my heart filled with the warmth of purpose. Here it is, the reason I'm here. None of us knew there would be a two- to three-year wait for new DNA testing, that it would require petitions.